0: Okay, well, good evening, and thank you for attending this evening's board meeting. CMHA is holding its monthly board meeting virtually via webcam and teleconferencing on Tuesday, February 23rd, 2021, as approved through Ohio's novel coronavirus response bill, which directly affects how local governments throughout the state operate in conducting public business. These sweeping changes were originally approved Thursday, March 27, 2020, and extended until July 1, 2021, via House Bill 402, approved November 19, 2020. This is the instrumentalities contemporaneous meeting for the following instrumentalities for the sole purpose of approving the bylaws for these instrumentalities. These instrumentalities do not have any other new business or matters requiring deliberation. The meetings of the following instrumentalities, Laurel Homes One, Lincoln View Incorporated, Reserve on South Martin, Southwest Housing Development Incorporated, Carey Crossing Development Corporation, West Union Square Development Corporation, Sutter View Development Corporation, Pinecrest Rad Development Corporation, Park Eden Evanston LLC, Mark Eden Apartments Development Corporation, Mariana Terrace Development Corporation, and Bennett Point Development Corporation are hereby called to order. Roll call for attendance. Uh, Ms. Mitchell is not with us. Yes, yes, I am. I'm here. Oh, oh I beg your pardon. <laughs> okay. Roll call, Ms. President. Mitchell. Thank you, Mr. Weedman. Present. Mr. Harris. Present. Mr. O'Donnell. Present. The chair is present, we have a quorum. Commissioners, have you reviewed the January twenty-six, two 2021 minutes for these instrumentalities? And if so, are there any corrections?
1: Mr. Chairman. Uh, please. Uh, point of order, I've just, just noticed we have somebody who is calling in and they're not identified uh, only, or they are ident- identified only by their phone. I'm just wondering. If we can identify all the parties who are at the meeting.
2: I believe that's Markita. Markita, you're 6722. Is that correct? No, no, not. it's Lisa. Th- oh, I'm sorry. Lisa Thomas. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, there you are. Okay. okay.
1: Sorry. All right.
0: All right. We ready to proceed?
1: Yes. Thank you. Very good.
0: Okay. So is there um, not not hearing any corrections, is there a motion to approve the minutes for these instruments? Motion. Second. Second. Thank you. Uh, roll call. Ms. Mitchell. Aye. Mr. Reedman. Aye. Mr. Harris. Aye. Mr. O'Donnell. Aye. And the chair votes aye. The motion passes. The CMHA legal department has prepared the bylaws for these instrumentalities and presented those bylaws to the board for a review under separate cover. The following resolutions are presented for deliberation by the board. Laurel Homes one resolution number 004 to approve the CMHA Laurel Homes one incorporated bylaws. Is there a motion to accept? Motion. Thank you.
3: Second.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Any questions? Mr. Chairman, I do have a question uh, about the please. bylaws. I just just want to clarify: are all of these instrumentality bylaws identical, uh, other than Touchstone?
0: Mr. Secretary, would you please uh, respond or direct someone to respond? Joy's going to. Joy. Was yes, I am. You um,
4: thank you for your question, Mr. O'Donnell. Um, To say that they're identical, no, because identity would mean that I would pick up touchstones bylaws or Ben and points bylaws, and they would read word for word the same. What we did in this instance, the the legal department and our recommendation, is to make certain that uh, the key aspects of each bylaws were the same, so that the board of directors of the bylaws would consist of the CMHA board of directors that the term of office would be synonymous with the CMHA commissioner's term of office, And that the officers for all of the, uh, I said bylaws, but I meant instrumentality. All of the instrumentalities would be the president, the vice president, and those positions would correspond with the chairperson and the vice chair. And that these instrumentalities would have as the CEO, um, secretary, the um, CEO, of the housing authority, and that the uh, chief operating officer would be the treasurer of those by uh, instrumentality. Mm. We also made certain that there was a delegation of duty clause in those where upon the the CEO had the uh, responsibility, somewhat similar to Mr. Johnson's responsibilities as CEO of CMHA to do the day to day. The annual meeting, one that was one change, that uh, we wanted to incorporate in all of these bylaws so that they would all uh, meet on this uh, the third Tuesday of December as you realize that is the same meeting day of the um, CMHA annual meeting. So those were the this like the 35,000 foot level right of the changes that were incorporated in the bylaws
1: okay. I, I have a question about the no This is just a nomenclature question, referring to the officers of the corporation as president, vice president, secretary, treasurer. Um, and I, so those positions equate to the chair and vice chair secretary That's and treasurer of the CMHA board of commissioners. Is that correct? That is correct. So is there some reason why we don't use the same terms terminology to just to uh, like, you know, Instead of president, chair, or I mean,
4: one of the things that we we wanted to do, Mr. O'Donnell, in uh, making these bylaws synonymous, um, but not necessarily identical, is to do so in a way that we would, uh, that the board can make these changes without necessarily having to go back. Uh, Some of these bylaws had. uh, were approved as part of our uh, rad deals. And to uh to go back and, and make any more than these changes, we would necessarily have to go back to the the investors who may be in that deal those deals. Yeah.
5: Yeah. But Joy, what his question was is that why are the titles different? And I believe and yes. correct me if I'm wrong, Joy, the simple answer is because when you have the instrumentalities, their titles are synonymous with what that instrument, because it's instrumentality. Because it's CMHA, it's a public housing authority, you're uh, referred to as commissioners. That's the only yeah. reason that the titles are different. So usually in a uh, instrumentality, you don't have a commissioner, you have a president and a vice president. So we wanted to keep the same uh, correlation between the two. That's the only reason the titles are different.
1: Okay, so are the are all the instrumentalities structured as
4: corporations? Yes, I think there's one that, that is actually um, an LLC, when you talk about the older ones, Lincoln View.
1: Okay, so when we look at the officers of these uh, instrumentalities, we're referring to the president as the president of the board. It's not the president, um, the executive officer uh, yes. of the organization.
4: Right. No, Correct. the executive Correct. officer of the organization, the CEO, right. would be okay. Mr. Johnson. Okay, just wanted to clarify that. It's Thank you for your thank questions. You. That was a good All question.
0: Right, yeah, it's confusing. Uh, like the secretary of our board, Ed, is Greg. Right. So the nomenclature is relevant to each organization. Right. Um, even though the positions are largely the same, mm-hmm. uh, any other questions?
6: Uh, yeah. So this is Reggie. Um, I a, either Joy or, or Greg. Greg. Um, how I recognize that the bylaws have to reflect, you know, the you know the different instrumentalities. But and maybe this is a, a, an ignorant question. Um, where do the bylaws come in, in terms of, like, uh, when is it, what, like, can you describe to me a moment where we're like, okay, we have to fall back to the bylaws? Like, is it is it in a moment of dispute? Is it in the moment, like, help me to understand, like, when those bylaws are going to come into effect over the course, like will the bylaws matter if things are smooth, smooth sailing or
5: like The simple answer is they come into effect when you get an audit. So okay. we're going to get an audit on all of these and the first thing the auditors are going to say, um, I want to see your government governing document, your bylaws <clears throat> is your governing document. Your bylaw says this is when we're going to have a meeting. This is our frequency of our meetings. We're gonna take notes, we're gonna have a quorum, what constitutes a quorum. So it's your governing document. And so every year, uh, that's why we review them every year mm-hmm. because that's the
3: first thing the auditor
0: ask asked for.
6: Okay, got it,
3: got it, got it. Great.
0: Okay. And uh, we, we as uh, commissioners take comfort in the fact that these bylaws are revisited Uh, on an annual basis and updated as necessary so that they are uh, operative and consistent uh, when called upon to determine answers to questions. So uh, not hearing no more questions. uh, Did I get a a, a motion and a second to resolution 004?
1: I do have one more question, I'm sorry, but That's it, okay. Go ahead. Uh, it has to do with these these separate corporations now that we are uh all now going to be officers of. Question really is are are there investor representatives on these boards or is it just the CMHA board on these boards? Just yes, the CMHA board.
4: Yes. At this so
1: point, do, yes. Do the investors not want to have somebody on these boards um, to represent their interests? No, they do not.
5: No. If yeah. you remember when we were having those meetings down at Sycamore Township, we kind of went over that, and I and I could go over all of that with you again if you like, um, you know. But no, they um, they're interested in making sure that you provide the housing. For which they provided the money for, and they audit um, you, meaning they audit, they come out and do an audit at the physical site um, to make sure that happens because the invest, so the investors will get their tax breaks for investing.
0: Yeah, they're they're very interested in following the process beginning, middle, and end to protect their interests. But it would seem that the financing bodies, and all the third parties have never gone so far as to make it necessary for them to serve on our boards. Does that answer your question?
6: I, yes, thank, you. And, uh, thank you, Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, these, all of these LLCs or these instrumentalities are really functions for for the you know financial transactions, right? Like this is how you move right. the money. Um, Correct. So yeah, so it's it's not um, truly a, a, a individual entity that has a you know an outcome. It's it's kind of a. I as don't for want to say a singular, shell, as, as, for, as
5: far negative. as far as, for, as for a singular purpose of uh, holding uh, the interests of the the property right. that we're in, that 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 the improvements are going for or yeah. the new construction. So it's just for a singular
0: purpose. Okay, all right, thank you. Okay, uh, then uh, we're moving on to roll call for resolution 004, Ms. Mitchell. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. Harris. Aye. Mr. O'Donnell. Aye. And the chair votes aye, the resolution passes. Lincoln View Incorporated resolution mm-hmm. number
1: 007
0: to approve the Lincoln View Incorporated bylaws. There, thank Second. you. Thank you, questions? Hearing none, roll call, Ms. Mitchell. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. Harris. Aye. Mr. O'Donnell. Aye. The chair votes aye. Resolution passes. Reserve on South Martin, GP Incorporated, Resolution 005. To approve the Reserve on South Martin, GP Incorporated bylaws. Is there a motion? Thank you. Thank you. Questions? Hearing none, roll call, Ms. Mitchell. Aye, Mr. Weedman. Aye, Mr. Harris. Aye, Mr. O'Donnell. Aye. The chair votes aye. A resolution passes. Southwest Ohio Housing Development Incorporated Resolution Number Zero Zero Four, A resolution to approve the Southwest Ohio Housing Development Incorporated bylaws. Motion. Second. Okay. Um. That. Uh, parliamentary question that resolution 004 is not inconsistent with the uh, resolution for Laurel Homes 1
5: no because what the the resolution that, that, number the resolution number corresponds with if you pass other resolutions
0: in that particular entity thank you. thank you so we have a resolution to approve the Southwest Ohio Housing Development Incorporated bylaws is there a motion to accept
1: I think we had a motion Yeah, we have a motion and a second. Thank yes. you.
0: Beg your pardon. Any questions? Hearing none roll we'll call. Ms. Mitchell. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. Harris. Aye. Mr. O'Donnell. Aye. The chair votes aye. The resolution passes carry crossing development corporation resolution number zero one zero to approve the carry crossing <laughs> development corporation bylaws. Is motion. There a motion. Thank you. Second. Thank you. Any questions? Hearing none, roll call Ms. Mitchell. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. Harris. Aye. Mr. O'Donnell.
1: Aye.
0: The chair votes aye. The resolution passes. West Union Square Development Corporation resolution number 014 to approve the West Union Square Development Corporation bylaws. Motion. So, thank Second. you. Thank you. Questions? Hearing none, roll call Ms. Mitchell. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. Harris. Aye. Mr. O'Donnell, aye. The chair votes aye. The resolution passes. Sutterview Development Corporation resolution number 006 to approve the Sutterview Development Corporation bylaws. Motion. Thank you. Thank you. Questions? Hearing none, roll call. Ms. Mitchell. Aye. Mr. Weedman, Aye. Mr. Harris. Aye. Mr. O'Donnell. Aye. The chair votes aye. The resolution passes. Pinecrest Rad Development Corporation, resolution number 004 to approve the Pinecrest Rad Development Corporation bylaws. Motion. Thank you. Second. Thank you. Questions? Hearing none, roll call. Ms. Mitchell? Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. Harris? Aye. Mr. O'Donnell? Aye. The chair votes aye. The resolution passes. Park Eden Evanston LLC, resolution number 002. To approve the Park Eden Evanston LLC bylaws. Motion. Thank Definitely. you. Thank you. Questions? Hearing none. Roll call, Ms. Mitchell. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. Harris. Aye. Mr. O'Donnell. Aye. And the chair votes aye. The resolution passes. Park Eden Apartments aye. Development Corporation resolution number zero zero three to approve the Parking and Apartments Development Corporation bylaws. Motion. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Questions? Hearing none, roll call Ms. Mitchell.
6: Aye.
0: Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. Harris. Aye. Mr. O'Donnell.
1: Aye.
0: The chair votes aye. The resolution passes. Mariana Terrace Development Corporation resolution number 001, approving the bylaws of the Mariana Terrace Development Corporation. Motion. Thank you. Thank you, questions? Hearing none, roll call Ms. Mitchell. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. Harris. Aye. Mr. O'Donnell. Aye. The chair votes aye. The resolution passes. Bennett Point Development Corporation resolution number 001, approving the bylaws of the Bennett Point Development Corporation. Motion. Thank it's you. Okay. Thank you. Questions? Hearing none, roll call. Ms. Mitchell. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. Harris. Aye. Mr. O'Donnell. Aye. The chair votes aye. The resolution passes. Motion to adjourn.
1: Second.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Roll call. Ms. Mitchell. Aye. Mr. Harris. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. O'Donnell. Aye. The chair votes
3: aye. The meeting is adjourned. Now we move on to the regular
0: meeting of Touchdown Property Services Incorporated for Tuesday, February 23rd, 2021. The meeting is called to order. Roll call. Ms. Mitchell. Present. Mr. Weedman.
6: Present. Mr. Harris. Present.
0: Mr. O'Donnell. Present. The chair is present. We have a quorum. Item three is approval of the minutes. Is there a motion? Motion. Thank you. A second? Second. Thank you. Any corrections to the minutes? Hearing none, roll call, Ms. Mitchell. Aye. Mr. Weidman. Aye. Mr. Harris. Aye. Mr. O'Donnell.
6: Aye.
0: And the chair votes aye, the motion passes. Item four is approval of bylaws, resolution number 120 to approve Touchdown Property Services Incorporated bylaws. Motion. Thank you. Thank you. Any questions? Hearing none, roll call, Ms. Mitchell. Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. Harris? Aye. Mr. O'Donnell? Aye. The chair votes aye. The resolution passes. Item five is discussion of recommendations, resolution number 121, approving the financial report for the month of January 2021 with election losses. Is there a motion to accept? Motion. Thank you. Second. Any questions? Hearing none, a roll call. Ms. Mitchell? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. Harris. Aye. Mr. O'Donnell. Aye. And the chair votes aye, the resolution passes. Now resolution 122 to approve the monthly financial statement for Hamilton County affordable housing, Springdale senior limited partnership, DBA Baldwin Grove, the reserve on South Martin, Carry crossing, West union square, Sutter view, Evanston, Pinecrest, Park Eden apartments, City West Retail and Touchdown Property Services for the one month ending january thirty first, twenty twenty-one. Is there a motion to motion. A motion? thank you? Second. Thank you. Any questions? Hearing none. Roll call, Ms. Mitchell? Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. Harris? Aye. Mr. O'Donnell? Aye. And the chair votes aye. The resolution passes. And if there's no other business to come before the board, may I have a motion to adjourn the touchdown property services? Thank you. Second. Second. Thank you. Any questions? Hearing none. Roll call. Ms. Mitchell. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. Harris. Aye. Mr. O'Donnell? Aye. The chair votes aye.
3: The resolution passes. The touchdown property services incorporated meeting is closed. Now, moving on to the
0: regular board meeting of the Cincinnati Metropolitan Housing Authority for Tuesday, February 23rd, 2021. Meeting is now called to order. Roll call for attendance, Ms. Mitchell. Present. Mr. Weedman.
6: Present. Mr. Harris. Present.
0: Mr. O'Donnell. Present. The chair is present, we have a quorum. Item three is approval of the minutes. Motion. Uh, Thank you. Second. Thank you, any corrections? Hearing none, roll call Ms. Mitchell. Aye. Mr. Weedman, Aye. Mr. Harris. Aye. Mr. O'Donnell. Aye. And the chair votes aye. The motion passes. Oh, item four in our agenda is presentations. We have two pres- presenters this evening. First, we have Mr. Gary Boris with an update on current CMHA development projects. Upon completion of presentation, uh, we'll ask for any questions from the
3: board members
0: next uh gary will be followed by
7: well i'll hold that until gary's concluded go ahead gary you have the floor all right Uh, good evening everybody and i i have a pretty straightforward presentation so if, if you have questions as we go through on each slide just let me know i kind of I divide up into three parts, just the projects we just finished, uh, the developments that we're currently undertaking and the ones in the pipeline. So if we can go to the next slide, okay, so, uh, so recently completed developments, uh, go ahead. So Sutterview uh, just finished this one in January, this past January, it's 114 units and 22 buildings in the English, Wood neighbor, English Woods neighborhood. Uh, just as an aside on this one, I think we tried to pick the most complicated development that we could possibly find to be given our RAD conversions with, because this one was very difficult. We had different funding sources. We had uh, PBRAs, PBVs. We had uh, difficulties with permitting. Uh, but, uh, you know, we have a really, really good relocation team that was able to work with the residents and work out both on-site and off-site uh, relocation issues. Property managers were right on the ball. But we had to lease people up the last day of the month in order to qualify for tax credits, um, and they were able to do that. So thanks to to uh, Marquita on on that end, property management, and to Mary on relocation, and then Joe's team on construction uh, pulled off the completion of the development at the end of January. So we were able to get the full tax credit. So it was a real team effort, and we kind of I mean, we managed to get through uh, and all of that uh, all the issues of permitting and and vouchers and relocation, we did it during COVID. So it's, uh, it really uh, took a team effort to get it all done. We're really, really proud of this, this particular development. And If you get a chance to drive through English Woods and take a look even just at the exterior of the units, uh, you'll see quite a, a transformation from what they used to be. It was kind of a barracks style uh, row house that uh, turned in. We gave it uh, a front porch and some dimensions on the front and on the, along the roof line uh, it's a gut rehab, so the entire interior units have been renovated—kitchens, baths, flooring. Um, so, uh, real transformation, real—it's a meeting Mr. Johnson's gold standard. So, we're really proud of this particular development.
0: Uh, uh, I, I, I agree with you. It's a fabulous development, and it's uh, nicely secluded too. Uh, recently, I noticed the county auditor has reassessed properties and one of the neighborhoods that fell in value slightly was this one not necessarily our development but how does that uh dynamic impact the financing and and other challenges that you have to deal with
7: so when we calculate our, when we are calculate the taxes on our pro forma we pay what's called pilot and not property tax so we're paying 10% of the rents paid at the site so that's a pretty Pretty standard number. I mean, we have a pretty good indication of what that's going to be. So if the property value fluctuates, that doesn't affect our pro forma much.
0: Okay. Thank you.
7: Sure. Uh, move on to the next slide. Uh, the Evanston, uh, not quite as complicated. Uh, this one was 100 units, just one building. Uh, it's in the Evanston neighborhood, uh, just across the street from Xavier University. This was a debt only RAG conversion, so there were no tax credits, so although we wanted to get it completed in a, in a timely manner, we weren't uh, facing the, uh, the tax credit delivery component that the tech brings. So the, the, the development was $3 million in TDC. Uh, we had new bathrooms, flooring, paint, electrical systems, uh, cabinet and countertop replacement. So uh, it also just finished this past January. So. This one uh, all finished up, and um, yeah, we're, and we're having the grand opening next month. So we're all again. This is our second one, and we're very proud of it as well. Gary, is this uh, senior? Is this
1: senior housing?
7: Uh, it, it's yes, it is seniors, mostly seniors. Okay. I, well, mostly seniors
5: live there, but it's not strictly, you know, yep. marketed to seniors.
7: Yeah, my apology but it's 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 one bedroom unit so it gets mostly seniors in the building yeah sorry okay. uh we'll go on to the next slide
5: just as a side note so uh mr o'donnell mr uh miles mr weedman um miss mitchell if you go back one slide please rob if you remember this property and the one that Gary just spoke of were the first two properties we started to talk about out at Sycamore. Mm-hmm. So all of those night meetings that you sat through were not in vain. <laughs>
1: That's good to
5: know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, it, Gary. Go ahead. Go ahead.
7: No, just to throw an aside. You know, when we now when we go to talk, like we had an AHA meeting today, and we go to talk to advocacy groups. You know, now that we've been talking about RAT for a very long period of time and now that we've been able to complete two sites and people can see the real transformation that's occurred it really helps our message so and i'll talk about that a little bit here with the pine crest um it was 100 it is 190 units uh, we've completed floors seven through nine uh we're working currently on floors six through um i'm sorry four through six and relocation starting on floors one through three and on this particular building, we did have a lot of concerns from the neighbors or from I'm Rob, sorry. From Rob, the you got to
5: move the development. You got to move the slideshow, Rob, one more. Oh. There you go.
7: We, we did have a lot of concerns, uh, one back one, a lot of concerns from the residents, um, on this one. It just, um, it just, it was the fear of the unknown, I think more than anything. And we, we had a lot of resident meetings and, uh, we've worked a lot with the resident council. and. Um, Once they, you know, once we finished floors uh, seven through nine and they were able to walk through a unit, we had an open house that really kind of dispelled some of their concerns because they can kind of uh, touch and feel the, 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 rad work that we're doing, the rehab. And if you can see by the picture there, you know, these are new kitchens, new bathrooms, flooring, paint, electrical. Um, We had a drywall over some of the CMU. So uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be uh, upgrading the elevators. So it, it really is a, a true transformation. The entire building. We're going to redo the lobby. We're going to redo the basement areas. So um, it's it really is uh, from from top to bottom going to be redone. What, to
0: the what's standard. CMU, Gary? Sorry, uh,
7: uh, the the uh, you know like uh, it's a concrete masonry unit. It's the block, the concrete blocks that are stacked. That kind of you see like a. I I think old Catholic schools that I went to when they have block walls that are, so we covered those up, so in certain places. Okay.
0: So it looks more residential than institutional.
7: Correct. Yes. So it's, so this, uh, so um, yeah, so Pinecrest will be done. uh, Let's see, we'll finish this one up in September of 2021. So it's on a pretty good schedule. It's on time and it's on budget. Uh, We'll move on to the next slide. Uh, Park Eden uh, also currently under renovation. It's 176 units. It's a tower uh, in Park e- I'm sorry, in Walnut Hills on Park Avenue. Um, we're doing this one a little differently. Instead of going floor by floor, we're doing it uh, by the uh, sanitary stacks. So it'll have phases. But uh, a lot, we didn't have a lot of resident concerns on this one. The resident council really was excited to see us in the building. And um, we even built on that excitement when we had the, uh, the open house at, at this uh, tower. Again, people got to walk through, see the finishes that we're using and see the units that, uh, that they're gonna be living in shortly. So, you know, it, it really kind of anybody that had doubts was able to kind of see the work we were doing and, and you know, and, and really from what they're living in now to the improvements that have been made, it's, it's pretty impressive. And, and I mentioned the AHA group, Uh, a minute ago and other advocacy groups, we're able to show them these pictures and hopefully in the future, walk them through these sites. It'll really add to our story and people, instead of us talking about these developments, they're gonna be able to see them. So we're real excited about this.
0: And are these predominantly senior occupants? How would Uh, you
7: describe our tenants here? uh, These are one bedroom units for the most part. So it is not a senior building. Um, It's, but a lot of times when we have, uh, Towers with one bedrooms, it's, it, we do get a lot of seniors, but it's, it's not just seniors though.
0: Okay. Uh,
7: moving on to the next slide. Uh, Bennett Point is uh, our tax credit, our 9% tax credit award from last year. So, uh, this one, uh, we've been working on the financing and some of the construction details since the award. So, we're planning on wrapping up that financing here within the next month and we'll be submitting that final package and hopefully closing towards the end of summer and beginning construction immediately afterwards Uh, this is the uh the site is located almost directly across the street from the casino and um it's on right off reading road uh, in the neighborhood of pendleton so this will be for uh for working families uh it will have a number of two and three bedroom units it also the kind of the, the neat thing about this one is not only does it have tech units and a few public housing units, but it also has some market rate units attached to this one. So uh, it really is a, a unique project in a, in a really up and coming location of Pendleton. Uh, moving on. Next slide. Uh, so these are our pipeline developments, uh, projects that uh, we're working on here currently and, and into the next year or two. So go ahead. So Mariana Terrace, uh, CMHA has been working on Mariana Terrace for a while now. Um, we're finally at a point where we submitted applications for, for the loan for this uh, for this site and also for our tax credits, our 4% tax credits. Um, there are 74 units and 16 buildings here. Uh, we're actually taking out a couple of the uh, efficiency units, I believe they are, and combining them with um, with a neighboring unit or one-bedroom units. So, that uh, we can put a bathroom in on the neighboring uh, four bedroom units. Because what happened was, there was we have a four bedroom unit, it has one bathroom for the entire family. So, we combined it with the neighboring units so that there would be two bathrooms in the building. So, it, um, it worked out pretty well. Uh, but $16 million of development costs. Um, and you can see by the picture there, uh, there really is gonna be some transformation similar to Sutterview. Uh, we're putting some front porches on uh, the building we're giving the roof some dimension Uh, we're also gonna put some gazebos uh, at this site Um, so there'll be quite a few upgrades here it it won't be an entire gut rehab but we are going to replace a number of things in the interior of the unit uh, and we're hoping to close on this one in September of 2021 Uh, go ahead
0: we, uh, we we did extensive uh, renovations on Mariana Terrace a few years ago. Is that why we don't
7: need to do a gut rehab? Yes, and some of those some of those carry over, and we don't need to do those capital repairs now. Great. Uh, Horizon Hills is in East Price Hill. It's thirty two units and three build three buildings. This one we call Radomatic uh, because there's no debt. We're just using capital in order to make the improvements. Um, so it'll close this June. Um, and we, the, besides some of the uh, moderate repairs or replacement of the HVAC, we are going to put a playground. We're looking at putting a playground there because there are a number oh, of families beautiful. with children here. Okay, next slide. Uh, Riverview San Marco, uh, there are two buildings, 131 units in East Walnut Hills. Um, it'll be I, uh, on this one, we are going to use 4% Lytec. Uh, this one, we're also doing something a little different. Uh, we're looking into historic tax credits to bring even more equity into the to the site so that we can do more repairs. So this will be a gut rehab. It'll uh, new kitchens, bathrooms, floors, uh, similar to what we're doing at Pinecrest and Park Eden. So kind of a, a makeover from top to finish. Uh, the other thing on, on, you see San Marco there, um, it, the first uh, floor has some commercial space we may activate in the future. So there's uh, that. That is a really unique building, really neat site, and a really great location as well. So,
0: and and that I'm glad to hear you say that because when you look at what's going on along Woodburn, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, the opportunity to better utilize our first floor space <clears throat> seems like another no-brainer. Um, I, I, it, I think that the uh, tenant association occupies some of the space on the first floor.
7: Is they do, clear? And yes, they do. It, oh. We have that's a conversation that happens down the road,
0: though. Okay, We're,
7: we haven't hit that one yet,
0: though. Okay, but it's it, it's just one of the gems of the buildings in our portfolio, and it, it's in an exciting uh, neighborhood. Exciting things are going on there and uh you know it makes me proud that we can have affordable housing on Woodburg in that area yeah uh, and, and to add and, on and yet yeah. be one of the most handsome uh prideful uh b- buildings uh, in in the neighborhood
7: yeah I was just going to add on that you won't know that this is a, affordable housing when you walk by or drive by you won't be able to point out those units on the street this will look like the market rate development that's going on just next door. So we're real excited about that. Indeed. Well done. Okay. We'll uh, move on. Uh, The Reading is in Avondale. So this one's a little bit farther off, but we are uh, going through the uh, possibly uh, looking at historic tax credits on this one, along with a 4% LIHTC. Um, This will also have substantial work done to it, including new kitchens, bathrooms, um, we're converting some of this, the efficiencies, the studios um, with the neighboring uh units because uh, those are fairly difficult some of these towers to to rent so we're going to be combining a few units there uh this one won't close for a while um, not until june 2022 but we're already talking uh with the residents we're already talking with the community council starting to inform people that work will is start we're starting to look at doing you know the scope and other things for the for the building, so it's not a surprise to anybody when we, when we actually do big end construction. Uh, next slide. Uh, Maple Tower, um, if you remember um, a couple of meetings ago, we, we actually put together some resolutions to put this forward as a 9%, this uh, Maple and Beechwood. Um, after going through the pro formas, uh, we decided that it actually works out better if we do this one as a 4% tax credit application so we're sim- simply putting in a pipeline as before, and the four percents are not competitive. So it's just, we have a better schedule when we do it that way and we're bringing more money to the site. So it works out better for, for the building and for the residents because we can bring more money to the site. Um, right now we're estimating the total development cost of $27 million. Uh, we also touched on this building with the Avondale community council, and we'll start meetings here. Uh, we we did have one meeting, but we'll have more meetings shortly with the residents to start talking about scope and improvements that will happen to the building. Uh, the next slide. Uh, the Beechwood is is uh, is also in Avondale. One hundred forty six units. Uh, it's a tower. Um, it's on Forest Avenue. Uh, right now, we're estimating the scope at about thirty one million dollars. Um, again just like most of the towers uh, substantial rehab of all the units, new kitchens, baths, flooring um, we'll, it'll be a mo- more than likely a gut rehab of the entire site including the lobby areas and common spaces um, pretty far out we probably won't close on this one until um, later in 2022. And then um, next slide. Uh, Logan Street. So Logan Street is is really a really exciting project. Uh, really, um, this one we have some really good partnerships with uh, with CAS, the Cincinnati Area Senior Services. Uh, they have a, um, a, a space on Race Street on the other side of Finley Market. Um, this this is on the uh, west side of Finley Market at the corner of Elder and Logan. Um, I'm not sure if you can see them by the map there, but uh, and Cas uh, is on the other side of Finley Market, and we're working on an arrangement where they will occupy about six thousand square feet on the first floor, and then there's another two thousand square feet of commercial that CMHA would control, and then the three stories of that above that would be for seniors, uh, fifty-five and over. Um, so seniors will have the ability to to use that that center on a daily basis, and and the, the neighborhood would benefit by improving the space that Cas occupies. So a uh, pretty cool project where we actually submitted this application to the city of Cincinnati as part of their fact 50 application and, uh, we should hear next month if we are awarded or not. We, um, we did receive community council approval uh, for this through OTR, which, uh, if you've ever done that before or seen those meetings, it can be very difficult. Um, but they're there as well. We're excited about the project and the number of affordable housing units we are bringing to OTR. So, so, uh, it's an exceptional project. Um, the next slide and then uh, Northside Scholar House, uh, this would be 50 units uh, located on Dane Street in Northside, um, estimated cost is $16 million. Uh, we're partnering with Cincinnati Union Bethel who has a Scholar House currently in uh, Walnut Hills. And um, these are very exciting projects. I think I, I mentioned before that this is for, uh, for, single, house, for single parents with children their children go to the the daycare provided inside the building and then the parent goes to school full-time at one of the local universities and this is within walking distance of Cincinnati State and very close to, the, to UC um, so it's uh, and the idea is that uh, the parent can uh, work through their education and then become self-sufficient and and move on to a to a, a better paying job and then um, move out of the building and then um, replaced by another single household parent so uh, th- this project has been very successful in Louisville, and I think this would be the fourth in, in Cincinnati. And OFA loves funding these, so we, we're real excited about the partnerships we have on this. So,
0: Does so. HUD's uh, total development cost, uh, does HUD allow a greater total development
7: cost for projects of this na- nature? Uh, like this? Yeah, so there is a cap when we apply for nine uh, percent tax credit, which this one is. Um, we have a cap that we can't exceed. So um, on this one, we're right at the cap. But um, so it's they—they they, it isn't HUD; it's more OFA that's watching our total development costs. Okay. And then so um, just wrapping up, um, you know, all the all the slides that I've shown you equal up to about two hundred twenty million dollars that we're putting into. The local economy of city of cincinnati and hamilton county so we're bringing significant development dollars to the to uh, the locality but uh, we're also making huge improvements for our uh our residents so we're, we're really happy to do the work and i I'd, I'd be remiss if i didn't thank my staff because uh, they do a lot of hard work on putting these projects together and uh, thanks for all the other departments who help us get these deals done so so thank you everybody
3: Gary, great presentation. Yeah. Is it possible for you to send that? I'm assuming maybe all the board wants it, but I'd certainly like to get a copy of that PowerPoint. If you could send it to us, yeah. yeah.
5: Gary's, uh, Gary's Gary uh, jumps going to yeah. send it all actually to you tonight, so you'll you'll have it. To, you'll Perfect. actually have it tonight. Gary jumps. Gonna send it. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah.
6: Thanks, Gary. Gary uh, a couple of questions. So first of all, yes, this is fantastic. Um, you know, I think that particularly, you know, I live in the city, so I'm always thinking about the city perspective. I been mean, thinking about the work that we do. So, one scholar house is right around the corner from my house, so I will be keeping out an eye on construction and make sure that's on time because I can just peek <laughs> out my, my back window. So we'll know that project's on time because I will, you know, project manage that. And I'm very excited about the scholar house model. I think it's a fantastic model. Um, but I think there's a couple things that we're doing that I I just want us to be positive contributors to the discord to the uh, to the discourse. I mean, so one. I mean, we have a, the amount of development, the amount of investment we have done in terms of redeveloping properties in communities is is important, right? It's important to our city, it's important to our neighborhoods, you know, it really is a catalyst for other um, development opportunities. So I think that is really, I just want to commend that and just elevate that, right? And be like, you know, the fact that public housing and through the use of RAD is creating living spaces that are beautiful uh that are not mired in the stigma of public housing and they add to the richness of communities is like very important um and i love that cmha kind of does the work with our head down but i also do think that we need to be leading in this space and really you know there's a lot of um uninformed very loud opinions about development and housing and affordable housing, and I think that we are really sort of leading an example of what it means to do that work. The second thing is that in the pipeline, um, what are the total unit, what are the, to, what's the total number of affordable units we're adding um, to the city and county? You don't have to do it off the top of your head, but I would love to like get that number as well to sort of understand, right, that we have this preservation aspect that we're doing, but we are also um, adding
7: affordable units as well so so Bennett Point has 56 units um, Logan has uh, 45 and uh, Northside has 50 so you're 150-ish yeah love that
0: okay any other questions for Gary Gary, none uh, next we have Ms. Stacia Buck with an update on the overall job creation impact of projects, job training efforts, and tools of the trade update. And uh, uh, I don't know that uh, however you care to handle questions, whether you uh, put them to Stacy as she's making her presentation or wait until the end, it's up to you. So uh, uh, Stacia, please. Good evening, everybody. Um, so it's before, right before
5: Stacia gets going, I just want, uh, as uh, Rob is getting the uh, PowerPoint up, I want to keep in mind, um, we're going to be further coming back with uh, another presentation about the preservation in the county uh, units as well. And then uh, is going to touch on probably our largest project which is Choice Neighborhoods um, uh, in the West End. So Gary went through a lot, but we actually have a lot more to talk about uh, in the space of uh, preservation and development. So I just wanted to make sure we kept that in mind because we're working with two large developers. So we'll have a lot going on at one time. Uh, um, I guess it'd be a little bit more than normal. So sorry about that, Stacy. That's
8: okay. Um, You can skip to the next slide, please. Um, You may remember that at the end of 2019, back when we could all gather in a room together, I presented to you um, CMHA's economic impact plan. Um, Just like Mr. Harris had said, we wanted to make sure that RAD was a catalyst to other things. And one of those things is we wanted to make sure that the money going into our developments were really hitting um, Residents and the community, and we wanted to keep track of that. So, we came up with an economic impact strategic plan um, that is going to just kind of go over how we're going to complete these new goals, how we're going to measure these in- goals, and then we're, how we're going to show the impact to the community. Um, so, if you could go to the next slide, please. Um, so, this was our, our roadmap of a few things that we wanted to make sure that we accomplished in the coming years. Um, One was to reach new goals and objectives and to um, increase our goals, as well as setting standards for our developers and contractors, um, outreach to the neighborhood and the community, as well as tracking and reporting. And then we wanted to, um, and I think CMHA does this really well, we wanted to create specialized programs to ensure success. So next slide, please. Um, So today, I just wanted to kind of talk to you a little bit about um, what we did. So um, our Section 3 is, um, if anybody who doesn't know, Section 3 is a program, HUD program, that works with um, CMHA residents and low-income individuals in the county. Um, So and a percentage of any construction project or any dollar spent from CMHA um, goes towards the Section 3 goals. Um, HUD's goal is 10%. We raised ours, we doubled that to 20%. Um, I'm going to show you our numbers that we actually hit. Um, And part of this was made possible because we put a stronger language in our master development agreement to make sure that everybody was on board with this, the developers, the co-developers, the the, uh, GCs, everybody. We also wanted to make sure that we uh, created new job opportunities for section three workers. Um, We wanted to create uh, increased community awareness because, like you said, CMHA does do this a lot of times with their heads down. And we don't we want to make sure we get that out to the community Um, and then the the specialized trainings. Next slide. So this is where I get excited because I'm a numbers dork. Um, So, like I said, that CMHA set their goal to be 20 percent of dollars spent goes to low income individuals in in Section three businesses. So and for the year of 2020, from January to December in 2020, during the pandemic, for CMHA dollars spent, we were, 61% of those dollars went to low-income companies, Section 3 companies. So um, over $4 million was spent um, for the, with those companies. Now with the RAD projects, as much money as we are spending, and as Gary just told you, that we're going to spend 26% of the dollars so far have gone to Section 3 companies, and these are actual dollars spent, so not just contract mm-hmm. awarded. So that number is going to keep increasing. Next slide. And this is really exciting. This is um, so so far with the four rad projects that we have, we have created 26 new jobs for low-income individuals. So these are individuals who are either Section or who are um, public housing residents or fall into the low-income guidelines for Hamilton County. Um, Not only did we create 26 new jobs for them, but um, I have a little note here. So because these are prevailing wage jobs, the base rate for residential, which is four stories and under, is 2340. And the base rate for buildings over four stories is 3865. So we're not just providing jobs that are $10 an hour, we're providing jobs that are a livable wage for people. So um, they're really gonna be able to make a change of this. And that's something, these numbers too, so as Park, Eden and Pinecrest keep going, those numbers will increase because we're still hiring new people. So um, look for those 26 new jobs to hopefully double soon. Hopefully, Um, next slide. So our um, goals for MBE and WBE are, which are minority owned businesses and women owned businesses. HUD's goal is 20% for minority. There is not a goal for women owned businesses, but CMHA took it upon ourselves to set a goal. Um, So with all the work that we're doing with RAD and um, with our great numbers, we have um, really surpassed those goals. So we're at 38% for minority owned businesses and we're at 13% for women-owned businesses, uh, which tends to be our, our biggest struggle. It's the most difficult. So for us to get 13%, we're quite excited. Next slide.
4: Stacy.
0: Oh, are, are any of these uh, employers in enterprise zones, yeah. federal, federal enterprise zones?
8: I'm going to say yes, just because I'm. we cover such a wide area. I can't imagine we wouldn't be in an enterprise zone but I don't know the exact number. I can just try to check for you if you'd like.
0: Um, not tonight, but sure. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. The, the, the notion is that <clears throat> as you're improving yourself, you, you're not, the, the, the glass ceiling can be removed uh, as well, so that uh, as you're improving yourself, uh, tax burdens, don't limit your ability to stabilize as a business and yeah, make it to the next level. But
8: yeah, that, and that is a tricky thing that we face with anybody. Like when they get to a point where they're starting to make money, we want to make sure that we're helping that process, not hindering it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but if you want, I can look into that, those numbers later for you. Yeah,
1: yeah, okay. I think
0: that's a significant uh school compared to some other things that are conceived to address poverty but uh please continue okay
8: um so with the with everything that happened with the pandemic we kind of had to change how we did things a little bit like everybody else um so community awareness was a big thing for us um so we do Zoom meetings, we do Microsoft Office meetings or Microsoft team meetings, event brites. Um we still reach partners with the chambers, with the area um social service providers. Uh, we're just doing a little bit differently like than we did before. Um, but we are we have definitely increased the community awareness. But it like I said, or like you said, Mr. Harris, it is something that CMHA can we can strive to do better because I think a lot of people don't see all the great things that we do. Next slide. Okay, Okay. so this one is my favorite slide. I know it has a lot of words, but um, so we wanted to create some programs that were designed to help the MBEs, WBEs, and Section Three businesses. Um, We wanted it to be something that they had feedback on so they could tell us what they needed and we could help them. Um, The first one is the Business Tools Assistant Workshop This is a workshop where we invite businesses in, Um, we talk to them about how how they can best win federal contracts, um, you know, to ensure business with CMHA. Um, And then also we we connect them with individuals and resources that they may need. So one of them was um, a lot of small businesses that we work with, Section 3 businesses, had issues with financing. They had a financing gap. So we put them um, in touch with individuals who could help them there. So just anything they were saying that they were struggling with, we kind of tried to come up with this business tool to help them so that they had more tools in their arsenal. Mm -hmm. Um, The virtual pre-certification workshop. So we've partnered with the African-American Chamber and other service service agencies, um, City of Cincinnati, ODOT, places like that, to... um, work with the businesses so that they know the benefits of becoming certified so if they' are certified section three if they're certified MBE and WB what are the benefits and how do they how do they um, get the certifications because sometimes it can be quite tedious. so it's a step-by-step instruction that works with the actual companies that are asking for this information on what they need to do to get the certifications so that they can increase and grow their businesses. Um, The third one is the virtual Thursday talks. So we partnered up with the small business administration and we cover different topics um, for businesses that are geared toward how to develop a business during a pandemic. So um, we've had really good feedback with this one. Um, This coming Thursday, we have our next Thursday talk and we have 78 people already registered for that class. Um, We have a licensed therapist is coming in to talk to give tips on how to grow a business during a pandemic. Um, So I think that's something I think a lot of people are struggling right now. So I think this is something Mm -hmm. that people have reached out to us and said, Hey, you know, we're a small business, what can we do? So we're getting the experts on board to talk with them, to help them grow their business during this trying time. And then the fourth one is the tools for the trade. And this actually, this program is just, um, Great minds from CMHA coming together with ideas. It started with Joe and Rima talking about, wouldn't it be great if we had a program, a construction training program, where at the end when they graduated, we could, whatever field they wanted to specialize in, we could get them all the tools they needed. So if it was carpentry. We could get them all the tools they needed. If it was a janitorial business, we could help them with that too. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's where it started. And then we, we developed a partnership with Lowe's. Lowe's is on board to help us with the training. Mm -hmm. Um, they're on board to help us with the supplies and they're also going to supply the tools at the end of the training for the individuals. Um, so (laughs) we've also partnered with some service agencies because we want to make sure this is a holistic approach to training. So, um, I think that I think it's kind of a blessing with the pandemic because now we can do some of the training online so that it's kind of allows people if they had child care issues or transportation issues, now they can do it online. We're working with social service providers that if there is a barrier, how are we going to remove that barrier so that they can participate in this? Um, and it's just a wonderful program. So they'll do some soft skill training for a few weeks. So one of the problems I think a lot of people face is. Simple things like they don't know how to read a tape measure. Uh, They Mm -hmm. don't know how to write a resume. They don't know how to interview. So we'll have soft skills like that. And then we'll also do hands-on construction training. Um, And then the goal is for when these programs stop, when we have graduates from the program, not only are we going to arm them with our tools for the trade, but we're going to have all these rad projects and construction projects that need individuals where they can go and they can start earning 30 some dollars an hour or more for a living wage and they can work in the neighborhoods that they live in that we're transforming. So that's, we're very excited about the tools for the trade program as well. Um, But that's my presentation. Do you have any questions? I went through it pretty quickly. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, um, I think we're all, uh, our minds are are, uh, overstimulated with all that interesting information from you Stacy and, and Gary thank you so much more to come obviously
6: yes. Pretty
0: exciting stuff uh our next uh item on the agenda is public comments of which we have no requests to speak this month this month item six is approval bylaws and board government policies revised resolution number 5492 that was tabled January 26, 2021, Uh, it's a resolution to reapprove the current bylaws. Is there a motion to accept? Motion. Thank you. Second. Thank you. Any questions? Hearing none, roll call. Ms. Mitchell? Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. Harris? Aye. Mr. O'Donnell?
1: Aye.
0: The chair votes aye. The resolution passes. Resolution five five zero six to reapprove the current board governance policies. Is there a motion to accept? Motion. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Any questions? Hearing none. Roll call, Ms. Mitchell. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. Harris? Aye. Mr. O'Donnell.
1: Aye.
0: And the chair votes aye. The resolution passes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Item seven is discussion of secretary recommendations. Item 7A is the financial report. I'd like to ask that we consider resolutions 5507 and 5508 together. Are there any objections to that request? Hearing none, I'll read each resolution with opportunity for questions and discussion after reading the resolution and an update from REMA. We'll vote on both resolutions at the conclusion. So, uh, resolution 5507, approving the bad debt write-offs for January 2021, Um, any questions? Hearing none, resolution 5508 to approve fiscal year 2021 January financial statements for the CMHA. Uh, Is there a motion to accept both resolutions five five zero seven and five five zero eight. Motion. Thank you. A second.
6: Second. Thank
0: you. Any questions?
3: Is there a reason why we're doing these together?
0: In the interest of time. Okay. Um, if if there are any objections, we can break it apart. No. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, roll call. Ms. Mitchell. Aye. Mr. Reedman. Aye. Mr. Harris? Aye. Mr. O'Donnell? Aye. And the chair votes aye, the resolution passes. We've got a a bit of a heavy agenda tonight, and I just thought everyone might appreciate if we were to consolidate where we have the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Item 7B is request for approval to solicit bids for the following items, of which we have none this month. Item 7C is resolutions to award contract renewals. Again, I'd like to ask that we consider resolutions 5509, 5510, and 5511 together for the same reason as previous uh, resolutions. Uh, are there any objections? Okay, great. Uh, I'll read each resolution with opportunity for questions and discussion, then we'll vote on all of these resolutions at the conclusion. Resolu- <clears throat> Excuse me, resolution 5509, authorizing the CEO of CMHA to sign the first one year contract extension option for solicitation 2020-1001 for locksmith supplies and equipment with IDN H Hoffman Incorporated, a division of IDN Global Incorporated and a not to exceed amount of $100,000 annually per maximum five year contract funded by operational funds, administrative fees, management services funds Capital funds and grants, Um, any any questions? Hearing none, moving on to Resolution 5510, authorizing the CEO of CMHA to sign the first one-year contract extension option for solicitation 2020-3001 for security camera systems with Ocean 10 Security LLC in a not-to-exceed amount of $500,000 annually per maximum five-year contract funded by operational funds, administrative fees, management services funds, capital funds, and grants. Any questions?
1: I do have a question about this one, Um, Mr. Chairman. I'm just wondering if uh, this is a not-to-exceed amount of $500,000. I ask this question a lot. What is our actual cost for this um, on an annual basis? Or uh, what does it run just approximately annualized?
8: So last year, we spent $81,600 for one site, and I will defer to Joe for the other sites that he has planned.
2: So I have one site coming up that is $178,000, a second site that is $142,000. So it all depends upon how many systems are being installed. These are self-contained camera systems. In some sites, because their size require more of these systems to make sure you are capturing everything that needs to be captured.
7: Is
1: your second and third example there? Are those are those new installations? Those will be new
2: installations. One is at Horizon Hills, the other one, Mariana Terrace.
1: Okay.
0: And will our partners at Cincinnati police be monitoring these cameras? they
2: They do have access to monitor. So it, it all depends, these record and store images for 30 days, so if there is an incident that the police need to, uh, they can certainly access it, but they can also gain control and seize it if there is an incident and they wanna see it live. So they are notified of all of these. And all of these installs will have license plate readers which will help them as well. Wonderful, great.
5: But, but I wanna make sure that I can't say that we have that. We have that at other sites, and we get very little assistance from the Cincinnati Police Department. And so, if we were to call and say, "Hey, did you see that?" they're not going to respond to us. And um, so, even though they have the access, there is very little collaboration. So, I wanted to make sure that. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, we we said that I didn't want, I don't want us to give the impression that they can see and then they'll look at it and they'll come right out. That's that's really not how they work. Mm -hmm. They, if something happens, they'll probably come, ask us, do we have it? We'll probably tell them you have access and they'll go back and take a look at it if that's something they would like
0: to do. And is that so-called, let's call it a gap, (laughs) <laughs> and their attentiveness—is that due yeah. to their inability to staff uh, well enough to monitor these things in more real time, or is there I, another reason? Could be. Yeah, I think I think
5: that I think that's a, a huge reason, especially in today's world. Um, but I know in the past um, they just have certain hours and certain things they look at. I I've, fortunately I had the opportunity to go to Radcliffe. Where they actually view all these once it is an amazing thing but they do not have a person sitting there looking at all these things all the time yeah
6: Greg that's my question for our security cameras one um so I guess my, my one question is how long do we keep footage for 30
5: days as Joe
6: said so 30 days okay um
5: by like, okay. So we do keep it for thirty days. Okay. Yeah, we've had instances where something made Stanley roll, and the police department says, "Hey, you know, did you guys catch that or do you have that?" And we let them view the film. Sometimes they we've been successful. We did have it. They were able to capture it, um, see who the person you know perpetrator was, and things like that. Um, and then we just had an incident. Uh, at a site and we asked the question and we still haven't gotten an answer whether they saw it or whether they captured it and just through the license plate readers at Millville. So it's sort of when they really want something from us, they communicate heavily with us, vice versa, you know, it's kind of hit and miss a
0: little bit.
3: Joe, don't, don't don't I remember at some one point when we were running at LPR at one of those locations where we used to get pretty good cooperation from the Cincinnati Police, and I thought it broke off at some point. Maybe I'm wrong on that. So
2: I think that's what Mr. Johnson was saying. Is the Millvale location has a license plate reader? Yep. that is actually part of the Ratcliffe location, so right. they do have total control of that. CMHA does not. Okay. <clears throat>
3: And will
2: they have control of these? I'm sorry, I I heard Mr. Johnson asking something as well.
5: No, go ahead. No, um, he's asking, whether they have control of these, Joe?"
2: So, again, they have the ability. It's whether or not they want to do that. Mm -hmm. So, when they're installed, they have login information that is provided to them. It's just a matter of whether or not they want to do it, and. One of the neat things about this Ocean 10 system is it allows them to seize it. So if there's a CMHA employee who is viewing something, once the police log in, everybody else is locked out and they can control all the cameras. Okay. That's again, if, if, if they so desire. But I think it's more along the lines of what Mr. Johnson was saying, is it's sometimes after the fact, right? That they there's an incident They see the cameras. They forget about their logins. They come to CMHA. Can you do this? We tell them again that they have access. So sometimes that's where the collaboration comes together. I
3: mean, LPRs are working the best when they're active, not passive, right? I mean. Yeah. So so when the LPR picks up a, a plate of somebody that's either wanted or not supposed to be there, uh, if it's active it's kicking it out to the police saying hey we have this we have this intruder or wherever it might be but if it's passive we say oh well you know what we think we had this guy on the, in the lot last week can we go back and look at the camera we got 30 days of uh, a video let's go check it out i mean the lprs typically are the most effective when they're in the active stage not in the passive stage
2: yeah you you, you would be correct right but so again the license plate readers i think are really important it's For our cameras in the Oceans 10, it is passive. It is something that date stamps when a car's there. And then you can go to the recorded image as well and start to match those two things up.
0: Okay. Uh, Greg, uh, not tonight, but uh, would would you, I think these expenditures are uh, well-purposed but I'm concerned that we're not getting the biggest bang for our buck. Could could you put a wish list together for the board to understand better how close we are to closing this gap in terms of uh, getting the cooperation from Cincinnati police uh, and any other stakeholders that uh, if if you feel you're getting all you can out of these expenses, then that's the conclusion, you know? But if, if you feel like there are some gaps uh, and people like Joe could, you know, and others at CMHA could do their jobs better, more effectively, get better results because we could get a little more out of Cincinnati police, we may have something that they want. And just by putting our heads together, We may end up in a better place than we are.
5: I think I I started this uh clarification because I wanted to be sure that um we painted the right picture as Joe was explaining um as far as uh, to, to answer your question yes I can do that for you but I think I may be able to answer it now um The Cincinnati police have their own way of operating. Um, So I do think we have um, a a good working relationship It's just that they have cameras all over. Um, They, they, those cameras come all from all over, really all over all highways and all over the county to be honest with you. So it's not just the city at Radcliffe, um, they only, if and those cameras go off constantly, they only go after who they want. They kind of use that as this person is frequenting this place. And once we get them on a bigger apparatus, then we know they're frequenting this place and we can go get them when they're there, if that makes sense. But um, as far as the expenditure, it's a great expenditure because for our own purposes, it is capturing information where we can use it to talk to tenants, um, actually give police intel about what's happening. Um, So it's a good expenditure because it's something that we watch, and we can get intel information um, and look at times a day, provide that and work with the police department uh, to get done what we wanna get done. So I just didn't want you to think the cameras are there, they have access to it, so they're looking at it all the time like we are. That's all That's all I wanted to do. But, but I can give further explanation if, if you like. But the expenditure itself, to have the monitoring system and have the ability if something happens to capture it and then be able to work with the police department is a good, is, is, I mean, it, it, it really is worth it.
3: I don't okay. have any, I don't have any problem with that. I was just hoping that <clears throat> there was, a, that it was more active than passive. That's all where yeah, yeah. we're going yeah. back after the fact and saying, uh, well, yeah, we had this guy in our parking lot and this is the third time in a week and mm-hmm. uh, he's got a warrant out for his arrest or is it when the guy shows up in the parking lot with a warrant for his arrest, it kicks out to the police and the police show up because they want to arrest this guy because he's got an outstanding warrant. I mean, that's that's the difference between the two. And um, I'm, I'm just asking the question because I think I remember going back where we may have had at one point
5: some- You did. You yeah, did. Yeah, that's what I thought. It was, you, had a dem- you had a demonstration at Millville with the right. license plate reader But if you remember, it was because they tracked that person from somewhere else and they knew that that person was coming or frequent Millville because they have been getting previous hits. So when they got the hit for Millville, because they were looking for that person, that the part that you saw was them apprehending that person because whatever he was doing his business or whatever. He was going to come back there, and when he did come there, that gave him a hit, and then they picked him up. So you're you're exactly right uh, on that.
1: Gray, follow up question on the effectiveness of this: How, just overall, are these camera systems effective in providing more security in these in these areas?
5: One hundred percent. One hundred percent.
1: Like it's a it's a worthwhile expense.
5: It's a it's a. I would tell you definitely. And the reason I'm saying 100% is, at Horizon Hill, we get complaints today about people in the parking lot at night. We have no cameras out there. Obviously, by the time we get there,
1: mm-hmm.
5: residents are not sure who it was. Which who they? We once we get the cameras there, we're going to be able to see not only if it was another resident that they were coming to see, what the license plate number was, and so we're going to be able to give the police all of this information of what's happening and what time and then we have police detail that we can say hey we need you to go there there's the parameters of
1: time so yeah they they help a lot they, they okay. would definitely help are we using facial recognition software in this system
2: no, no it is not included in this system
1: is there um i mean isn't that becoming more of a standard
2: it's a very expensive standard so one of these systems installed i was saying one of these packs of cameras is twenty-five thousand. as soon as you start adding the facial recognition um it it jumps exponentially so it's within the software package and and then you also have to have um, some other way to identify those particular individuals so it may be a trespassing list but it's also uploads into the software to tie this whole thing together. So it becomes labor intensive as well to be able to maintain it throughout its entire life cycle.
1: Okay. Great, thank you.
0: Okay, resolution 5511, authorizing the CEO of CMHA to sign the first one year contract extension option for solicitation 2020-7003 for moving and packing services with E.E. Ward moving and storage company, LLC, Bell moving and storage incorporated and Keith D. Heard DBA extreme contract cleaning and a not to exceed amount of $400,000 annually per firm for a maximum five-year contract funded by operational funds and development funds. Motion. Thank you Uh, and uh, second for three, three resolutions. Uh, any other questions? Hearing none, roll call for all three resolutions. Ms. Mitchell? Aye. Mr. Weedman, Aye. Mr. Harris? Aye. Mr. O'Donnell? Aye. The chair votes aye, the resolution passes. Resolution 5512, authorizing the CEO of CMHA to sign the second one-year contract extension option with Urban Sites Construction, LLC, and Penrose Development, LLC, for solicitation 2019-4004, development partners for the Cincinnati neighborhoods of Over the Rhine, West End, and the Central Business District paid for by development funds. Motion. Thank you. A second. Thank you. you. Any questions? Hearing none, roll call, Ms. Mitchell. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. Harris. Aye. Mr. O'Donnell. Aye. The chair votes aye, the resolution passes. Resolution 5513, authorizing the CEO of CMHA to sign a one-year contract extension option for contract 2018-6001, system software for agency-wide management with Yardi Systems Incorporated, paid for by capital funds, administrative fees, operational funds, and management services fees. Is there a motion to accept? Motion. Thank you. Thank you. Any questions?
1: Mr. Chairman, there's, uh, there, there's no dollar amount mentioned in this resolution do we have an <laughs> idea what the cost of this is
8: yeah um i've gone through the um all the expenses in the memo so far we've paid 1.1 million dollars um the licensing each year is around 345 350 thousand. there can be up to a um 2 or 3 percent increase and in it's it's any questions beyond that? We've had a few change orders also
4: as we've um, changed properties. We added, we added
2: some additional licenses for the affordable side. That was something we did not purchase in the original uh, purchase. So we're we're working with Yardie now for all the puts and takes. But some of the uh, public housing side licenses will go down, while the affordable licenses will increase. So we're still working with Yardie on the exact
6: number. And are you guys using Yardi for some of the resident services stuff? Did you, Or do we have some of those extensions? Uh, we have the resident portal,
2: Perfect. which we are in the process of of uh, rolling out. Uh, we expect that to go out to at least some of the residents here within the next few weeks.
0: Okay. Any other questions?
1: Do we expect the annual cost of this to run in the mid three three hundreds. Is that is this going to be an ongoing thing year after year? Yes, and in that in that same price range, um, it would probably be about. I'm guessing about three
2: seventy to three eighty annually. Okay.
0: Any other questions? Hearing none. Roll call. Ms. Mitchell. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. Harris. Aye. Mr. O'Donnell. Aye. The chair votes aye. The resolution passes. Item 7D is adopt a resolution award the following construction contracts. We don't have any new construction contracts. This month, over $100,000 per resolution number 5442, approved August 25th, 2020. The CEO has authorization to sign contracts in an amount not to exceed $100,000. In January, there are 13 contracts at $100,000 or below with total expense of $314,000. Item 7E is adopt a resolution in the general category, resolution 5514, authorizing the CEO of CMHA to award a contract for employer health insurance coverage to Humana, dental insurance coverage to superior dental care, and vision insurance coverage to IMED funded by operational funds, administrative fees, TPS operating funds, development funds, and management services funds. Is there a motion to accept? Oh, sure. Thank you. Second. Thank you very much. Any questions? Hearing none, roll call Ms. Mitchell? Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. Harris? Aye. Mr. O'Donnell?
1: Aye.
0: And the chair votes aye, the resolution passes. If there's no other business to come before the board, may I have a motion to adjourn the meeting? So
5: Mr. Mr. Chair, I got aye. one. Uh, Mr. Chair, I got one question. Wait. Gary Jump, I just want to make sure on the um, approval for the cameras, um, there was a question on whether the board did a final approval on that resolution. I think it was, it was just collapsing to three different ones.
3: Correct.
5: I think
0: correct. correct. Okay. Right. Thank you. I'm sorry. It's okay. Motion okay. to adjourn. Thank you. A second? Second. Roll call. Miss Mitchell, aye. Mr. Reedman, aye. Mr. Harris, aye. Mr. O'Donnell, aye. And the chair votes aye. The motion passes. Regular board meetings adjourned. Thank you. Thank you. Night. Thank you. Night. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Night. Thank you. Night. Night. Thanks. Thanks. Thank
8: you.
3: Same time next month. <laughs> <laughs>